0: Welcome to the Hobby School podcast. Whether you're a seasoned hobbyist or just getting started, Hobby School is the perfect place to learn something new. My name is Dr. Destiny Cop, and I'm your host of the podcast, but before we jump into our episode for today, the only thing I ask is that if you enjoyed the episode, please share with a friend and give us an honest review on your favorite podcast platform. This helps us get out the content to more people. I also want to invite you to get on our wait list for our next Hobby School Online Learning Summit. These are free to attend, and you can find the link to join at hobbyschool.com, which is also in our podcast show notes. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. And my special guest today is Ellie Messenger. Ellie is a master beach photographer, crafter, and coach for people wanting to show up as their true selves. People teaching and crafting have been her passions for as long as she can remember, and Ellie was an elementary teacher for five years, but she was caught by the not so subtle pull to become a full time photographer, and that's when she decided to do it, and I am so happy because we have her here today and she's going to be talking to us about how we can get started in photography as a hobby and also giving us a little bit of tips if we want to take that a little bit further and turn that hobby into a business so ellie before we get into all the questions i have for you can you tell the audience a little bit more about you and how you help people
1: Yes. I'm so happy to be on. So I have been a photographer for more than 10 years and it started as a hobby back in high school when I got my very first base level camera and my passion just grew from there. And I have over the last few years, I have decided to really niche down into beach photography and I specialize in families and I It's just been so amazing getting to be my own boss and truly work with amazing families and capture their most special moments in such beautiful scenery.
0: And I will say that I myself, I love beach photography. So anytime we go to the beach, I always want to get, you know, hire a photographer to come down to the beach and take pictures of us as a family. So I love, I love, love, love what you're doing. So let's say that, you know, the audience is listening. They're interested in photography as a hobby. What do you have to say to them? How can they get started?
1: so there's really not a wrong way to get started in photography all that you need is a basic camera and I know that when you look online for digital cameras and professional level entry professional level cameras it can be a little intimidating because there are so many options out there but your best tip bet is to just I get all my equipment from Best Buy and I if you're just getting started, you know you can search for a digital camera and um, I prefer Canon equipment. It's just what I've used over the last seven years and so that's what I know and you can just sort all of the Canon cameras from the price from lowest to highest and that that will give you an idea of where your camera will fall on the Spectrum. You know, the more expensive ones are, of course, going to be down at the bottom. And those are for the seasoned professionals. And the ones that are more towards the top, that are more affordable, are going to be a best bet for you. Um, I would recommend the Canon EOS R camera. It's the new mirrorless body. And that is a great starter camera. And there's not so much... It's not even though you have a basic camera it's not the camera that is going to produce good quality images it's going to be you and it's going to actually be your lens so lenses are the biggest part of what makes a picture I believe. In a di- besides the photographer of course um, but if you were getting an entry-level camera then I would recommend investing in a better lens the kit lens that comes with the camera is going to it'll be good once you're learning all the settings and stuff but if you really want to hone in on your hobby getting a worthwhile lens that has a lower f-stop is where you're gonna get the best quality images
0: so and you might not know this off the top of your head so I might be putting you on the spot the can't the camera that you recommended can you give us like a ballpark how much that might cost in today's market $200 400 are we looking at 2000 you know (laughs) so
1: it's not it's more than just a couple hundred but it's not quite up in the multi thousands yet okay um I can't remember off the top of my head
0: that's okay I was just curious as to how much of an investment somebody would need to make in you know if they were just getting started on this
1: so photography is not going to be a cheap hobby but it's going to be one that has a lot of longevity to it so you will invest a good chunk of money up front with your equipment but As long as you take good care of your equipment, it requires very little maintenance. You honestly don't have to clean your camera and you don't have to clean your lens that much. As long as you protect it from the elements, it will just be, for the most part, this one-time investment until you outgrow that. And once you want to make photography more of a income revenue source, now not for the, the Canon camera
0: that you recommend for somebody who's just getting it is coming in their house, they're opening up the box. How easy is it to learn how to use it? Is it super simple or does it need, you know, do you need to go to YouTube and watch a bunch of YouTube videos to figure it out?
1: Well, every camera is going to have an auto setting. So once you are getting when you're just getting familiar with all of the buttons and all of the features of the camera, you know, that auto setting is really going to help you out. But once you somewhat become familiar with the buttons and what they all control with your camera, you're going to want to jump into manual mode as early as you can or as soon as you can so that you can produce quality images and knowing that you are in control of the camera.
0: Okay. So somewhat easy to learn is what yes. I'm what I'm hearing yes. from you. Um, let's say, because I know a lot of people listening, they probably have kids playing sports, maybe it's soccer, baseball, football, whatever. And they want to capture some of those moments, right? When they're on the field and some of those mm-hmm. special moments. Do you have any tips for
1: them? So once you are In once you have your camera, if you are in the auto setting, that will your camera will read all of the information from your surroundings with the light. And um, the newer cameras actually have facial tracking on them, so it will track your subject so that you don't have to manually track them with the focus and the camera does that for you and it'll adjust your settings when you are in auto but for sports photography the thing that will be the most helpful for you is having a good zoom lens so that you can get your kid so that you can capture your kid out in the middle of the field whether that's baseball or soccer and you'll be able to see them better than with just the basic lens. So a lens, what a zoom lens that you would need is probably the 70 to 200 zoom lens. Um, And that will give you a good range from sideline views all the way up to being able to see to the opposite end of the field. Okay.
0: So if we have that Canon camera that you uh, recommended with a zoom Mm -hmm. lens, that would Mm -hmm. be, give us some really good sports photography shots.
1: Yep. And then the secret for really freezing that moment of time of when you're doing sports shots is to have your, a really fast shutter speed. So the shutter is how fast the camera captures your picture. And the slower the shutter, the, less movement it captures. So it won't be your moment frozen in time. You'll, If you've ever seen like kind of a blurry picture of the subject, you can see it moving across the frame. That's what a slow shutter does. But a fast shutter speed will really freeze that moment in time and you'll get to see all the details of their face. Okay.
0: So what about family events? You know, I know you do a lot of beach photography saying that, you know, we wanna go down there, you know, I'm going to the beach in a week or so, Uh, would love to get some pictures of my family on the beach. What do you recommend in terms of maybe the time of day to go or, you know, how you maybe even set everybody up, maybe you have a a big family that you're trying to take a picture of, any tips that you wanna give us there?
1: Yeah, so I schedule my beach sessions and I time them so that we are ending right at sunset. So the good thing about that is you can look as far into the future as you need to find out what time the sunset is. You just hop a Google and say August 7th, HHI sunset time. And it will tell me exactly down to the minute what time the sun sets at on Hilton Head. And I have a pretty good system now. So I know that if there is a family of about 10 people, it will take me about an hour to shoot their session to make sure we get all of the posings and grouping varieties that I like to get in a session. So if the sunset is going to be 824 that night, I would technically like to start my session at 724, but I sometimes round that up just to give my clients a few extra minutes. So we would start that session around 715. So the most important thing to remember is just make sure that you are ending your session right at sunset.
0: Okay, well that's uh that's a really good tip. Do you have any like settings or when you're setting everybody up, any tips there?
1: Yeah, so when I am setting up extended families for group shots, I always start with the grandparents in the center of the shot and I make sure that they are angled in towards each other because you know they are the reason that the whole family is together, right? Like They start at the family and they are the center of the group. So I always make sure that they are the focus of the shot. And then coming out from each side of them, I disperse out their adult children with their spouses. And then I have their kids sprinkled in in between the families. And then depending on how many adult children there are, I I try to make them as balanced on each side as I can.
0: I know when my kids were little <laughs> sometimes they were you know throwing fits or tinter-champ right in the middle of the photography shot right when we were trying to get everybody yes. to smile and any tips for dealing with kids or little you know toddlers or babies like that
1: yep so one and especially i mean Kids are already so unpredictable and especially at the beach, you know, they're going to be overstimulated. They want to play in the ocean. They want to play in the sand. And they the last thing that they want is to take pictures and adding on how late it is, because, you know, most kids are going to be going to bed between 7 and 8 p.m., which is when we're starting the session. So there are a lot of things working against you, but just making sure that you're always keeping the session upbeat, keeping kids engaged. And I have, it's called a shutter hugger, and it's just a little stuffed animal that goes around my lens. And I have, I've had a bunny that I've been using recently, and it's always funny because we're like, is there a bunny on the beach? And that gets them to look at my camera. Um, What else, kids? Just. I like to let kids control the session to a certain extent. So I think that it's important to, in order for kids to cooperate, you know, they want to have a vested interest in the session. So I give them options. I say, you know, do you want to stand or do you want mom and dad to hold you? Or do you want to stand next to mom or do you want to stand next to dad? And I always make sure to present kids with two options that ultimately end in what I want but it's letting the kids take control so that they feel like they kind of have a say in how the session goes.
0: I love those tips. So Ellie, before we wrap it up here, I want to talk a little bit about your business because you have taken a photography hobby and you have turned it into a six-figure business. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the process that you went through to do that. And if somebody was wanting to follow down your path and do it also, what is one of the first things they would need to do to get started?
1: So the very first thing and what I think is most important, and it's kind of underestimated how often, it's not something that people talk about a lot, but I believe that it's really important to invest in education and Invest in to your business first to make sure that you are getting started on the right foot So I would suggest looking for photographers, whether it's their websites or their Instagram Finding a photographer that looks like there's success that you would kind of want to model your business after And I would pursue some kind of education or mentorship through them So there are so many successful photographers out there and you know, a lot of us have learned lessons the hard way. You know, we've learned through trial and error and sometimes there have been more errors than success and I think that the best thing that you could do for your business is just reach out to other photographers, find out what has worked for their business and you know, get co- getting one-on-one coaching from them, and sometimes that might not be the one-on-one coaching, might be a little out of reach when you're first getting started, but just finding education. You know, lots of photographers have free educational resources, whether it's their podcasts or YouTube channels. Lots of photographers have freebies on their websites, and just truly investing in education and you can never research too much when you're just getting started in your business
0: and I love that advice you know educating yourself learning um and and just taking that first step to get started I think is is a big is a big thing there so Ellie before we wrap it up here can you tell the audience where they can find you and I believe you have a free gift for them also
1: Yes. So I have a podcast where I talk with other photography business owners and I have guests on and we do interviews and we just talk about things like how to market yourself and how to how to charge your charge sessions so that you're making a profit and just little tips to run your business, um, I also have my Instagram where I have lots of photography resources on. It's at Ellie Michelle Photography. Um, and the freebie that I would love to offer you guys you know, one of the most Successful ways that I've found that I've grown my business is I ask my clients for feedback. So I ask them how the session went. I ask them what are some things that I did well. What are some things that they think I could work on? And that has really helped shape my client experience. It's helped shape my workflow and my email automation. So I want to share that freebie with listeners who are thinking about breaking into. Taking their photography from a hobby to a business, you know, no matter how big your business is, feedback is important. So I have a feedback request questionnaire freebie that I'm sharing with you guys that has the questions that I ask each and every one of my clients. And it has what's tailored my business to help me become a six-figure photographer over the last three years.
0: And Ellie, I will make sure all of those links are in the show notes so people can find you and download your free gift. And thank you so much for joining us and giving us all these great tips about photography and how we can
1: kind of dip our toes into it. Yes, you are so welcome. I had such a good time.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to sign up for the waitlist so you'll be the first to know when our next free Hobby School Online Learning Summit launches. The link is in the show notes for this episode, or you can go to hobbyschool.com and that's Hobby School with school without an H in it. Talk soon.